street trash wastelands and here are your hosts long-time partners in slime adam obscene and mark and mark hello world this is wastelands i am adam obscene and with me as always is the most mightiest of mighty Marco Mark. Hey, hello, Adam. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this lovely, fresh-baked episode. Check this out, listeners. Out here is where it will find you. She was the last one to see it. Now, he must face it. Thought you might know what happened to him. Alone. God has created it. And hell has given it a name. Now, there's a new breed of terror. Razorback. Oh man, that was great. How um like awesomely like moody is that is that uh, trailer? It was really moody, really ominous. Yes, 1984's Razorback. What a beauty. Uh directly if you listen to the last uh, episode, Lossners, uh it's directly in the wheelhouse of Ozploitation, uh, that classic era of Australian filmmaking where genre films were king. Um this movie is great. I like I, I think like really it is. it's it it's it sounds ludicrous and Lossners bear with us. If you haven't heard about Razorback, it's basically a giant pig in the Australian Outback, hunting down people and killing them. Now, that sounds silly, but it's actually widely regarded as being the uh, one of the best films to come out of the nature horror um, sort of movement, which was sparked by Spielberg's Jaws. Yeah, Um, absolutely. and, and, And so in some circles, this film is known as Jaws on Trotters. That may or may not be a fact. I'd pay that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think look, this is the bit where I give you the rundown, listeners. Like Russell um, Mulcahy, who we spoke about last uh, episode, who directed Highlanders, is a, a crazy-ass, popular, successful film director um, mm-hmm. and had um, in between doing – Highlander and his film clips, he did this, Razorback. And 1984, like you said, um, Marco, was based on a book by Peter Brennan. It's a 1980, 1981 novel about a giant mm-hmm. pig uh, hunting down people. Um, it's got a pretty sort of like who's who Australian cast in it. Like it's got it Gregory Harrison, who was the only American actor in this. And this is another trait of an exploitation film is there would always be an American brought in some B to Z grade American actor to sort of try and give the film some sort of uh, um, 
credibility, I guess. Um, but that became a sort of a, a genre-defining thing in a lot of um, exploitation mm-hmm. genre films across the country. I know in Canada with the exploitation, they did it as well. So Gregory Harrison was a US tele actor. Like everything from MASH at the early days all the way through to like, I don't know, LA Law and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. Aki Whiteley, uh, she was in uh, Mad Max 2, Road Warrior. She was that little, she was. Bl- you know, the little blonde one in that. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yep. in, in the deep dive, I, I saw that she died in 2002. Yeah, I saw that too from cancer. Yeah. She was 37 years old when she died. So that was a real, that was a real, um, you know, way too soon for her. Uh, yeah. So Bill Kerr was in it. Uh, he, he started in Gallipoli in the pirate movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Haywood, who um, was in Breaker Morant and Dogs in Space and Ooh. Boar, which was a, a movie that we'll have a little bit of a chat about a bit further on, and Quigley Down Under, which was that shit Tom Selleck um, movie about Quigley. And then David Argue, who's also in Gallipoli and Beam Expanded. Uh, so... Sort of like, and those faces are really familiar mm-hmm. faces if you're in, you know, Australian TV or you know, movies. They're all sure. all through it. Um, Marco, when did you come across Razorback? Uh, it, it was when around the time when it came out. I was pretty young, and uh, still in my, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, in my collecting movie magazines phase around that age. Uh, and I remember seeing on the you know, inside full page cover, color, color glossy um, uh, poster for the for the movie, and uh, it scared the heck out of me. Just in, in again in true exploitation style, the um, yeah the the advertising scared the heck out of me. And you know, being so young, I wasn't allowed to um, watch the movie. But uh, every with every country drive, my parents took me on. I was sort of looking out the window going, oh, man, when, when, when is a Razorback going to charge the car? I was like, wow. It really had caught my imagination for sure. It's, great. it's um, a great name, isn't it, Razorback? It's a, and it's, Razorback, And it's yeah. actually not just Aussie slang for a, a wild pig. It's actually, um, I was reading that it's actually the official uh, fauna um, term for oh. that breed of pig. So, oh, right. Yeah. Cool. Which is cool. Wait, like when did, how how when rock roll? and roll is that? <laughs> That's pretty rock and roll. Yeah, it'd be a good band name, actually. When did you see it? When did you first see it? Look, I was a, I always knew about it. I saw it when um, it was when the the Ausploitation craze sort of re-kicked back up in, you know, maybe yeah. the late 90s, early 2000s when Tarantino started, you know, talking about how rad Australian exploitation films were. Um mm-hmm. I, I I think I've got a copy of Mad Max on VHS, which has an ad for Razorback on, you know, oh. those roadshow um, VHS yeah. covers. You'd have two sure. on the back. Razorback was one of those. But I saw it um, in its entirety, probably late 90s. Um, mm. And it really, it, it definitely, i, I got to say, there's two, it's, there's definitely elements of Jaws in it. There's also definitely elements of – it feels a bit like Hammer horror films. Like, it's got that sort of slasher sort of feel about it. Yeah, it's a little bit – It's it's a classic monster movie. Like, Mm. and the way – and it's because it sort of does that thing. And where Russell Mahe has done such a good job is that that bore is never shown in its entirety. It's always elements of it. And it's actually – but it's not because they haven't got a great animatronic – 
bore. Like they spent two hundred and fifty thousand no. on this thing. This thing was huge. The director actually didn't want it in there really much at all. He was made to put it right. in more than he wanted to um, oh, by the okay. by the producers. But in doing it, like how like brutally scary does it make it by not ever totally getting a full picture? It's always shadowed or it's in dark and it's got the backlit and it's very film clip moody based on you know. Oh, it really is. Yeah, yeah. And it and it you know it's all filmed in um, Broken Hill, which was actually. Um, the same areas that Mad Max's were filmed in. So it's got yeah. that desolate wasteland, Australian outback wasteland. So, like, this is not a post apocalyptic film, but shit, it could be. It could be. It, That's just Australia. Yeah, like it could be that this Razorback was the result of some nuclear testing you know, or something, you know, but yeah, it's, no, it's, it's not. barren and it's, it's like the landscape in this movie is as much a main character as the boar and the, the actors. Um, yeah. I'd like to, to also, did you read in your bits and pieces, and I thought of this when I watched it again, that mm. it's got a little bit of the Chamberlain story in it, like the Lindy Chamberlain, Azaria Chamberlain, the child that was uh. allegedly, um, well, they said that Lindy Chamberlain killed the child, but then she went up on trial and was exonerated because she always claimed that it was a dingo that stole the, mm-hmm. the, that took the baby. Um, and I'm going to yeah. not do any of those very. No, no, we're not here to talk the, about that really. Or the bad puns that go with it. But the reason it comes up is that in the first one of the first scenes in this movie, the first victim is a small child who is killed and the grandfather is the only dude who sees it and mm-hmm. he's brought to trial mm. um, for for accused of killing the kid. Um, yep. But then is actually exonerated, but his credibility is out the window because he went through. Mm-hmm. I found that very similar to the Lindy Chamberlain scenario. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, and, and there was, and there, I haven't found any definitive proof that that was an inspirational point for it. But um, no, but look, it's it was a good, it was a good Australian reflection in an exploitation film that was current yeah. at the time. Like yeah, it's eighty four, yeah. so it's still very. Oh. Yeah, that was still very current. Massive. Um, that was massive news at the time. I didn't think of that as, and as soon as you mentioned it, I. I, I I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's um again, it's something that even if it wasn't supposed to directly be a reference to it, it was uh something. It was an issue that was very much in the uh zeitgeist, the zeitgeist. at the time. <laughs> I knew we were going to say Australian that. zeitgeist, yeah. you know, and um that that was big news, man. That 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 uh tragedy was really big news. So yeah, so absolutely plausible that that was. Uh, a zeitgeist style reference for and, sure, and I think that it set it up that you know set up the it's the f- first victim being a child, set up just the pure animalistic evil of this beast. Like you know, it yeah, didn't, it yeah. was like no holes barred. It was just it was a, oh. a, a, a bloodthirsty killing machine, which yeah. made it even more scary, right? Mm. Oh, that the opening scene is iconic. Like that that yeah, that is um. That really sets it up as being like a, a, yeah, like you said, no holds barred movie, you know, like they're going straight in with infanticide, like, whoa, okay. Um, And it it really gets you in that point, doesn't it? Like that, you know the ride you're in for because this is where it starts. Yeah, and it's a crazy ride. But it works works in three acts, I reckon. It's the first scene, which is the granddad and the child storyline. 
Mm-hmm. Then the next bit, which is the uh, the uh, the American journalist comes to Australia to find out about you know she's an environmental journalist and she wants to find out yeah. about giant uh, pigs and you know the yeah. illegal the illegal trade of animal uh, native animals being put in dog food and stuff like that. She, yeah, she's an animal welfare journalist. Yeah, you know, and it's a it's an American woman coming to Australia. Under you know with a, a, a on a journalism lead, which is also something that was in um, Crocodile Dundee as well. You oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a real sort of fish out of water uh, sort of scenario there. You know, um, and it yeah, was, and it, it kind of sort of it's 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 definitely that you know thing is the fish out of the water water she and she gets caught by you know she get judy morris who was the actress uh who was australian by the way not american uh mm. and weird what got me about this act is that she dies she gets killed mm. by the boar which mm. um is is crazy because it at that stage is going hang on a second she's yeah. clearly the protagonist of this but then, yeah. then halfway through boom and then you get into the third act where the husband comes on to find mm-hmm. out what happened to his missing missing girlfriend. Missing wife, wife. yeah. Um, yeah. And that's Gregory Harrison. And that's when the story really starts to, like, hit Gregory Harrison, hooks up with Bill Kerr. Not hooks up, but they get together and they go, because Bill team Kerr up. was the team up and grand, he was the granddad was accused and he was the last one to see it alive and all this sort of business. Um, and it was really, I really liked how it took us through those three acts because it was mm. actually three different types of scenarios all around this giant Razorback, right? Yeah. Um, And I think it tied it into the, you know, a great... The third act standout for me is the dream sequence that Mm -hmm. Gregory Harrison has, which is wild and hallucinogenic and so stone a rock that, you, you know... Isn't it like it is. it's you know two moons and you know sound <laughs> effects and you know like yeah for sure for sure um, and that was that experimental <laughs> component of the um, of the of the movie really shows Russell um, Mahay's uh, film clip background. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, I got that with the lighting too. Mm. You know, there's a lot of backlighting. There's a lot of Coloured lighting and, and, and mist yeah. and dust, yeah. Like and, in and the a, meatworks, when the boar comes through the meatworks, it could be a Motley Crew film clip. <laughs> yeah, it could be, or it could be from um, Beyond Thunderdome. That yeah. could be a very much. You know, it had the um, like the methane plant mm. uh, from Thunderdome, kind of. Yeah, which was which was pigs, right? Which, which was pigs. Yeah, it was oh, pigs. There you go. So there you go. Whoa! Oh, back in it. Um, Mark, I guess there's a couple of things. This had some pretty funny, um, you know, the slogans are always really weird in these taglines. Yeah. Yep. Um, this there's like this one I thought was really good. So I'll put on my voice. <clears throat> a hog wild terror, tale of terror in the Australian outback. Oh, <laughs> uh, and it's one of those cute little um, corkscrew tales. Mm. Tale of terror. Corkscrew, tale of terror. It's, um, it's oh, this one. It has two states of being: dangerous or dead. <laughs> That's a beauty. Nine hundred pounds of marauding tusk and muscle. <laughs> oh yeah! That's an NRL NRL football player. 
There you go. There you go. Um, and that, yeah, th- those those quips came from um, the old guy, yeah. uh, Bill Kerr. And you did, didn't you didn't you get vibes of um, Quinn from Jaws with him? He was yeah. a little bit like a, bit, bit he was a little bit like the harbinger. Yeah, he's he's like he's he's lived his life. He's been wronged. He's a bit like and like you know a little bit yep. bit little bit maniacal. <laughs> Yeah, he's a bit of a maniac. He he knows he he introduces the the animal basically. Mm. You know, it was the way Quinn sort of introduces Jaws at the yeah. town meet the shark in the in the town meeting. You know, that's his shtick, and he know he's the the professional that knows how to hunt it down as well. So yeah, he's very much where that second act starts. You know, yeah. so. Some factoids, which I thought was uh, it's probably timely. So the music in this movie was uh, composed by Ivor Davis from Ice yes. House, which I thought was from Ice House. Yeah. Um, connection back to that is that the director Russell Mahay um, directed a bunch of Ice House uh, film clips. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Um, so after the release of this film, Russell Mahe received a surprise phone call from Steven Spielberg, who was actually interested in the special effects, um, that he had achieved in the dream sequence, particularly the two moons shot. So yeah, Steven cool. Spielberg wanted to know how he pulled off two moons. Yeah, gotta love that. Um, we, we, uh, how he pulled off those two moons, I could not find. So no, no, I'd say it was probably just overlays. Uh, Full-size, fully animatronic model Razorback was built for 250000 I said that before, but it was only shown on screen for a few minutes, and if Russell Mahay had his way, it probably would have been less than that. Uh, Beth Winters uh, listens to a Duran Duran song, uh, New Moon on Monday in a car on the radio just before she's attacked, um, and the director, Russell Mulhay, made the music video for that track back in the day for Duran Duran. So. Nice. Um so the director of photography, Dean mm. Steemler, um, was actually the director of photography on Mad Max Two: Road Warrior. So you I, can tell, and so you can tell, like same location, same yeah. post-apocalyptic yeah. sort of like desert. Oh. You know, so that's kind of like yeah, why that look and feel is in there. So. For sure, for sure. The um the Australian movie industry is still kind of small, but it would have been even smaller back in the early eighties. You know, it's, it it makes sense that there would be people sort of uh, working on each other's projects for sure. And you can see that when you go through these films and look at the lists of films that the actors have been in, there's like oh yeah, it, there's like oh seven of them did the pirate movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it like and even uh, you know Archie Whiteley being um in Mad Max two and this one, yeah, yeah. And, all you know, ties in. Same same director of photography. Um, yeah. Oh, it's this time. Body count. Body count. Marco. Yes. Oh, uh, the f- so the body count in this one is actually quite low. Okay. Um, and it's four. <laughs> so, oh, four, okay. So, yeah, so the, so the basically the kills per minute is 0. 0.04 kills a minute or one kill every 22 minutes. Um, okay. But I guess that sort of adds to this film is the fact that it's the menacing fear of the boar. Mm-hmm. It's not the actual... Body count. That actually makes it scary. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. 
there, there's far more implied than actually shown with this. It's one of those. It, much, much in the same way as um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre implies a lot right. of stuff yeah, off, yeah. off camera. You know, people say it's the yeah. most glorious, bloodiest film on earth. Says, well, it actually isn't. It's not, no. Actually, I wanted to just touch on um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre really quickly. Alex. I gave, like, I gave was... you that segue. <laughs> you did. You did. I don't even know if you thought you were, but you I did. I was. I was. Oh, you were? Okay. Well, um, I, I, I <laughs> on rewatching Razorback, I got Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 vibes. Mm. And so I sort of... I had to check which which came first, and Razorback came first at 1984. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 came after it in 1986. And if you watch them, listeners, watch them back to back and just have a look at how the lighting and some of the chaotic scenes in this, like especially with the two hillbillies uh, that we've got in uh, Razorback, there's two maniac hillbillies that work at the um works yeah the meatworks pet pack uh where they turn uh kangaroos into dog food i guess basically um there's a there's a little bit of a texas chainsaw massacre you know tie in there as well but definitely definitely the lighting and the chaotic nature of the the crazies um is is really really an overlap in this and maybe to even a, a lesser degree or even in a more stylized degree robert rodriguez in um planet terror yeah there's a lot of like green and red lighting and you know smoke machine blowing smoke away and dust and stuff there's a little bit of that same kind of light lighting in that if you if you sort of do a comparison of say chop top scenes in um in the radio station the way that's lit and the way that that guy is so chaotic. Mosley's character is so chaotic in that. And have a look at the two crazy hillbillies and the way they're lit in like their, their cave, their cavern and in their, um, their, their four wheel drive in their big truck as well. Like the lighting on that is really similar. So I would say that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, directed by Toby Hooper, yeah, uh, that would have got a lot of. Um, yeah, a lot of inspiration. Almost, I think almost eleven, almost eleven years after the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Look, Marco, we can't go any further without mentioning a, a glaringly obvious. If you're into genre films in Australia, that um, if you're going to talk about one giant pig movie, you need to talk yeah. about another one. You do. It's a film called Boar. Um, which is a giant mm-hmm. pig movie, which is really great. Marco, just to loop around what you said about, mm-hmm. and I think this is a wheelhouse connection, is Razorback, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Boar. What is the connection? The connection is Bill Mosley, who played Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And also, like you said with Razorback, Adam, you know, it was uh, commonplace to bring in like one American film star to do an Australian movie, I guess, to make it a little bit more um, appealing to overseas audiences. And that was, that's what we think makes Boar such a great entry into modern-day Ausploitation, and we'll be talking heaps more about that in the next episode. So, uh, Marco, Razorback. Yes. Awesome. Razorback. It's pretty hard to get. 
on it's not free on anything. So no. Lawson is you're gonna have to probably drop a slide dollar ninety nine on Google Play or whatever your preferred streaming platform is, um yep. and check it out. But it's well worth it and do it um because yeah, yeah. it's a fun ride. Uh you can catch us on all the platforms. You know this. You're listening to us now. You can also catch us on all the socials. Uh, we'll drop videos for previews of upcoming episodes on Thursday nights, and the podcast drops proper on Sunday nights. You can check it at wastelands.com.au for hints, tips, recipes, and the rest. Marco, Mark? Yes. Is there anything more you'd like to add? Anything more I'd like to add? It's good night from me. Aye, and good night for him. We'll be Razorback later. It's over! It's finished! Live mix.